1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. UCLA is rolling. Little sidearm toss caught by Ryan. Touchdown, Bruins. Little improvisation from Dante Moore. Under the leg. Throws to his left. It's Anthony Gould turning upfield. Blockers with him. Anthony Gould turns on the afterburners. Nobody's going to catch him. Touchdown, Oregon State. 75 yards. Heels again. Ward gets rid of it. Touchdown. Pitch and catch. Victor. And there's a flag down on the play. This offensive line has continued to try and protect better and better here in the second half. Sanders open. There he is again. Touchdown, Harrison. Here's a deep throw by Nix. Got a man. Lost it in perfectly. It's caught. Streaking down the middle of the field. And in for a touchdown on the bomb to Troy Franklin. Oregon an extra point away from tying the game. Corbin Carroll looking for his fourth hit today. And Corbin Carroll might have it right here. Corbin Carroll, goodbye. Well, that's some history right there. Corbin Carroll joins Mike Trout as the only rookies in Major League history with at least 25 home runs and 40 stolen bases. Colorado State. Oh, yeah, it is a party in Boulder still. Delora back to Lamonius Craig who steps into the end zone and Arizona now rolling. Let's see if they can uh, execute the rest of the second half. Second and seven here, KP. Jones keeps it. Got the space. And a touchdown. An inspired opening drive of the second half for the Giants. And Daniel Jones showing a little emotion. 22 personnel, but Purdy will sneak it in for the touchdown. Brock Purdy didn't need the running back, didn't need the fullback. He takes it himself. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports own guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060. Welcome to the Thursday, September 21st edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and Cast Lux HD 2 100.7, Pac 12 football. Who you got this weekend? A big weekend of games. UCLA at Utah, Oregon State at Washington State, Colorado at Oregon. Those are amongst the games this weekend. The Diamondbacks, what was most, uh, the biggest reason or most impressive about the sweep of the five game homestand. U of A football, should Jaden DeLoren retain his starting quarterback job or should the U of A retain Jaden DeLora? Meanwhile, Giants at 49ers, who you got tonight, ATS. And what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. At moments, we have the introduction of today's pipeline. 
9.15, a preview of the big Pac-12 conference football weekend. Roxy Bernstein of Pac-12 and ESPN scheduled to join us. 9.30, interactive action, 602-260-1060, and also the local roundup. That will include analysis of the Diamondbacks 5-0 homestand against the Cubs and the Giants. Final segment of the Sports Zone will be the National Roundup, topped by from the MLB scoreboard. We'll probably do a lot of American League in that segment. And uh, also after the Sports Zone, of course, from 10 to noon, it's the Extra Point, hosted by Kayla. That will include more phone call time at 602-260-1060. On to the pipeline we go. Time for today's Pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Today's question is, who you got Saturday afternoon in Salt Lake City? UCLA plus four and a half or Utah minus four and a half? And Corey is here and has the early returns. Utah right now minus four and a half, leading 100% of the vote on KDUS1060.com. Also, there is close to zero chance that this number does not change one way or the other. If Utah quarterback Cam Rising makes his season debut, this point spread could hit, I think, as high as six. If Rising is ruled out, this number could go as low as three or maybe even lower than three. Today's Twitter poll question, who wins the Saturday afternoon slash early evening uh, showdown in Pullman, Oregon State, or Washington State? And once again, Corey has the early returns. Split even 50-50 right now on KDUSAM1060 on Twitter. The battle of three and zero teams. Oregon State's a three-point favorite in nearly every betting shop worldwide, at least as of about an hour ago. <clears throat> All right. Uh, also, it's a big Saturday in week one of college. The first, there's first big weekend of college football, at least the Pac-12 conference play in most conferences. Two more unbeaten teams, Colorado and Oregon, who would have thought Colorado would be undefeated at this point, play at Eugene. Who you got, ATS, Oregon's getting 21, so Oregon plus 21 or uh, Oregon, excuse me, Colorado plus 21 or Oregon minus 21. Meanwhile, on the local front, the Diamondbacks swept the most important homestand of their season. Arizona finished the weekend sweep of the Cubs with a two-game sweep of the now badly fading Giants. What was most impressive? What was the biggest reason the Diamondbacks finished the 5-0 homestand against the Cubs and the Giants? The U of A has an issue to deal with. The judge in Hawaii has rejected a financial settlement negotiated between University of Arizona quarterback Jaden DeLoren and also a University of Wisconsin safety with a woman who alleges that the player sexually assaulted her in 2018 when all three were juveniles. Should the U of A continue with Jaden DeLore as its starting quarterback? Meanwhile, Spain, the Globe, NFL Week 3 begins tonight with the Giants at the 49ers. The Giants on Wednesday officially ruled out three of their four best offensive players because of injury. Saquon Barkley, left tackle Andrew Thomas, and left guard uh, Ben Bredesen. Uh, so who you got tonight against the spread? Uh, the 49ers minus 10 or the Giants plus 10. I'm actually a little surprised that's not higher. I don't, uh, I'm, I'm not in the habit of laying points in the NFL but minus 10 with the Giants to me seems, excuse me, the uh, minus 10 with the 49ers seems a little cheap. 
Meanwhile, also on the uh, in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? All right, that's the pipeline for today. We get all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational one-hour radio extravaganza. As far as this show goes, this one-hour block called the Sports Zone. Anything else in your mind falls into the general discussion categories, whether it's from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash slash KDUSAM1060. All right, there we go. Uh, my, yeah, maybe we should. Maybe I should change that because I guess Twitter doesn't quite exist. Anymore. We know what it is, right? All right. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. I might have just broken their own rules there with the Twitter thing. If you violate those rules, or if you're just simply bad, maybe I'll be the target of this. Coming up next, Corey, we'll have a news update. That will be followed by a Pac-12 football discussion. We haven't had one this year. Conference games, there have been very few. Um, you know, UCLA and Stanford we thought might be okay, but you know, Lewis, the starting quarterback for Stanford, got injured in the first quarter of that game, and I think it was 49-3 at halftime, if I'm not mistaken. That was not a good game. But certainly interesting games this weekend, the three that we mentioned in the pipeline. And we'll cover a couple other games. We'll definitely cover ASU and U of A, all that with Roxy Bernstein in the next segment. Once again, at the bottom of the hour, phone call time, general discussion, 602-260-1060, plus the local roundup. Once again, we'll have a little more on the Diamondbacks finishing 5-0 and zero on the homestand against the Cubs and the Giants. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD2 100.7. SB Nation Radio is now Sports Map Radio, keeping sports content fresh and fun. Join us right here on KDUS AM 1060. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. You're home to Dan Patrick Show live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. All right, the first full weekend of Pac-12 conference games includes three high-profile matchups. For that and more, out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined the sports by Roxy Bernstein of Pac-12 Network and also ESPN. And Roxy, always good to have you. I believe I'm contractually obligated to start with Colorado. So, how surprised are you? How surprised are you about Dion's team and uh, the three and zero record so far? I'm pretty surprised, to be honest with you, considering the Bob. The thing for me was all the roster turnover, right? There was some talent there, and certainly Shadur Sanders did it at a lower level, and Travis Hunter, uh, players like that, had had some success, but they had done it at this level. And for them to gel as quickly as they have, um, to come out in the first game and beat a team that was playing for the national championship just last January, and then to, to handle Nebraska like they did, uh, you know, I think they were due for a letdown, but they found a way to win last week. So now they're three and zero, but I think this is the toughest test that they'll have today, going into Austin Stadium and dealing with Oregon. Yeah, we'll get into that specifically in a minute. But I've been most impressed about you mentioned all the transfers that came in. They've really resembled a team. I don't think there's too many teams that have that many new faces that look like a team right off the bat. 
Has there been enough talk about how well coached this team has been through the first three games? I think that's what gets overlooked, and that's a really good point, Bob, because there's so much attention on Deion Sanders, right? And the circus that he has become in terms of surrounding that program. But I think that what gets overlooked, for example, Sean Lewis is a phenomenal yeah. coach. And he was brought in to be the offensive coordinator, and they're putting up just prolific numbers. I, I think you're really on to something that gets overlooked in terms of when people talk about Colorado, whether it's the roster turnover, whether it's Coach Prime, whatever it happens to be, there's really good coaches in place. And Dion was smart in the way he assembled his coaching staff. So uh, that's the thing that will serve this team well going forward is how well coached they are. You can see the fundamentals that they have, the play calling, uh, especially offensively, has been really good. Um, so that's one thing that should be getting more attention, I agree with you, is the staff that Dion has assembled. And for some reason, people just aren't talking about Okay, all, all that being said, we've said all the good things. Obviously, Travis Hunter <laughs> took the cheap shot last week, and he's not going to play. Even if he were playing this week, it would be much more difficult on Saturday afternoon in Eugene. So let's talk about the Ducks. Uh, they haven't exactly played the most difficult schedule, certainly not as difficult as or, as a Colorado schedule. But what stands out to you with the Ducks so far? For me, they have more depth on the defensive side. That, you know, Bo Nick's coming back. The offensive line has been inconsistent so far. Uh, but they have, I, I think their defense is a lot better than it was. They're going to get tested certainly against Colorado and Stuart Sanders on Saturday, but they they also had to go on the road and get tested. It was not easy going to Lubbock a couple of weeks ago and winning mm-hmm. at Texas Tech. And they had to do it late. They had to find a way to get it done, and you need some of that adversity along the way. So Colorado is going into a hostile environment. I think this is the toughest place in terms of crowd. Maybe in the Pac-12, there in Utah, certainly are two of the great home field advantages we have in this conference. But I think that from Oregon's perspective, they've been tested. They have a veteran quarterback and a team that I think is ready to make a jump because I think their defense is much improved. Yeah, and if it wasn't for Colorado's hot start, I'm guessing that the overwhelming top story in this conference would be the elite quarterbacks uh, you know, many places. Uh, any theories as to why so many elite quarterbacks have landed at Pac-12 schools here? I think this has always been the league of the quarterbacks. You go back through the years. The elite quarterbacks, yeah. even recently, guys like Justin Herbert. You know, you go back through the years, Andrew Luck, all the, you know, Carson Palmer, Mark Sanchez at USC, Aaron Rodgers, Alex Smith. Um, you know, these schools have tended to have quarterbacks all the time. And so now I, I think it just coincided that they're all in here together. Where it's crazy when you look at, for example, the numbers that a quarterback like Bo Nix put up last year or Cam Rising that matters, won two consecutive league titles. They couldn't even make the first or second team all league the last last year because Michael Penix and Caleb Williams were so good. It, it really is an embarrassment of riches when you look up and down the conference and the talent at quarterback, and it's just it's special to watch each Saturday. Roxy Bernstein, currently in the sports zone. Okay, you know, back to Saturday specifically, UCLA at Utah, uh, battle of top 25 teams there. Uh, UCLA freshman quarterback, uh, Dante Moore. I know he played at San Diego State, but he's dealing with a little different deal here 
with the environment in Salt Lake City and also the Utah defense. Is he is he ready for that, or how do you think that's going to go? We'll find out, Bob, if he's ready, because freshman quarterbacks usually don't handle it well going into Rice-Eccles Stadium. And you're going to have a full house. You're going to have a team in Utah that has already come up with some impressive wins going on the road at Baylor and winning. And with all the starters out, still found a way to beat Florida. And it's crazy. I was talking to Kyle Whittingham last week because I had Utah's game last Saturday. And mm-hmm. he was telling me he's never seen a rash of injuries like this, especially early in the season. And that's what Utah's had to deal with. Now, they could be getting healthier. There's rumors that we could see Cam Rising starting a quarterback. He hasn't played yet for Utah this year, coming off the injury from the Rose Bowl. But that would certainly change the dynamic for Utah should Rising be back. But it's a lot to ask of Dante Moore, a true freshman quarterback, going into Rice-Eccles Stadium and trying to engineer a victory, that's a really challenging task for UCLA. Oregon State and Washington State, that's actually the game I'm most intrigued about this week in the Pac-12. What must the Beavers do to record for them a rare win in Pullman? The Pac-2 championship, is that what we're calling it? <laughs> that's right, yes. <laughs> the two yeah. teams that are left. It's, yeah. it's interesting from that perspective, right? Because these are the last two teams standing when teams go elsewhere next year. And right now, it's only Oregon State and Washington State that are staying. And here they are, both 3-0. and And you look at Washington State that has you know the great win against Wisconsin. We still haven't really seen Oregon State tested yet. Um, and so that's what I'm anxious to see, going to Pullman and taking on a, a really good, well-coached team by Jake Dickert at Washington State. But I have been thoroughly impressed with how efficient Oregon State has been, um, even against lesser competition. They have looked really good. and But this will be, their, without question, their toughest test to date. And I, I think they've looked as good as anybody in the conference, but we'll see how it translates when the competition gets tougher for them on Saturday in Pullman. You mentioned Washington State. You know They have the win at Colorado State. That looks better as uh, time continues here. And they are clearly the better team against Wisconsin. I I underestimated, I should say, Wazoo. So are you surprised they've been this good? I am because there was some turnover there, a new offensive coordinator coming in. Uh, But Jake Dickert has his two pass rushers coming off the edge with Stone and Jackson, who are very good. And we know he's a defensive coach. Um, but to, to come out as impressive as they did, I thought they'd win at Colorado State, Bob, but not handle CSU the way they did. And now it's mm-hmm. looking, as you pointed out, a lot better because of the way they played. Uh, where they really should have, I thought, should have beaten Colorado on Saturday night. But right. it, 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 Cam Ward, the thing that's, that's changed from a year ago for me to this point with the Washington State quarterback is how much more efficient he is. Last year he was prone to the bad turnover at the wrong time that would put Washington State in a bad position. He was just a little inconsistent, and I think he values the football a little bit more, and he's willing to live for another down. Last year, he may try to force a pass when it wasn't there or extend a play when you just live for another down, and he's realizing that. He's maturing as a quarterback, which is why I think Washington State has looked so much better. Okay, Cal's at Washington. On a Saturday night, uh, how do you look at two one Cal? Uh, with uh, and can Justin Wilcox slow down the Washington offensive machine here? 
Well, okay, the good news for Cal offensively is they lead the country in time of possession. The bad news is they're like 80th in yards per play. So it's a mm. unique combination that Cal has. They're going to have to keep Washington's offense off the field as much as they possibly can on Saturday and keep the ball away from Michael Penix. They're going to have to finish off drives if they're going to have a chance to pull off the upset. And over the years, Justin Wilcox has played Washington well. I mean, I know it's only a few years Kalen DeBoer has been in Seattle, but he, he just seems to come up with strong defensive schemes. Him and his defensive coordinator, Jack, uh, Peter Sermon, with Jackson Sermon, a former Husky, playing for Cal. So I, I think that Cal can play in this game, but a lot would have to go right for them to be able to win this. USC, a five-touchdown favorite on Saturday night at ASU. Uh, but considering the competition so far, do we know that USC is that much better than last year? They're pretty good last year, but do we know if they're better? We still, I don't think we know that yet, to be honest with you. Because the, we, we knew how prolific they were offensively, but it was defensively that was their issue last year. And if you look at how many yards they gave up per game, how many points they gave up, the reason why they were so effective was they were generating turnovers. And that has been one of the staples of Alex Grinch's defenses over the years, wherever he's been, whether he was at Washington State with Mike Leach or you know, he was at Oklahoma with Lincoln Riley. But they forced turnovers, and that's what's got to happen for them because I still don't think they're real, that strong on that side of the ball. Now, they shut down Stanford, but San Jose State was able to move the ball efficiently against him. And... So here you are with Arizona State. I don't, to be honest with you, Bob. I just don't know if we'll even have a that much more of an understanding of USC until maybe yeah. they really reach the guts of their schedule. Because right now Arizona State struggling, couldn't score last week against Fresno State, and you feel for Kenny Dillingham and what he's going through with all the injuries on the offensive line, the quarterback situation. It's a, it's been a rough go of it so far back in his alma mater. Well, speaking of that, uh, ASU certainly not uh, one of the few not good Pac-12 stories in September here. You know, I'm, you know, I'm having discussions with people if ASU is going to win another game this season. Uh, how long? Uh, how do we look at ASU right now in, in the future, considering they're moving to the Big 12 also after this year? Well, I, I think that you have to, Kenny Dillingham. Look, I'm impressed with him. I, I did the opener when they you know beat Southern Utah after that what, two-and-a-half, three-hour <laughs> lightning delay we had on a Thursday night. But he's yeah. an impressive guy. He's a smart offensive coach. And you look at the track record, wherever he's been, certainly at Oregon, what he did for Bo Nix, Florida State, wherever he's been, he's been able to do things. And I think he will at Arizona State. It's just going to take some time because he inherited a program in a tough spot, right, coming off the, the Herm Edwards situation. And Herm was let go early last year with this cloud hovering over the program. But now I think you have some clarity finally in terms of the direction of the program. And I do think that Kenny's the right guy, but time will tell if he indeed is the right coach for Arizona State. He's certainly impressive, but it's just – I know people hate this word, but you're going to have to have patience with him at Arizona State. It's going to take a little time. UVA. Uh, I think UVA's proven that it can beat the bad opponents the last couple of years, but what must <laughs> – what must the U of A do better to you know, you know, be at least the decent or good teams remaining on the schedule? Well, unfortunately, they will, we won't have a better handle on it this week because Stanford right now is in the same boat in a lot of ways Arizona State is in terms of a rebuild, mm -hmm. 
with Troy Taylor taking over. Uh, but for this week, Arizona's just got to do what they do and be and try to build on and get better because they've got some talent. You look at the receivers, certainly the quarterback, and the question for Jed Fish has been the defense. And it's still, I think, a work in progress on that side of the ball. I think the talent level is better defensively. And they've gotten incrementally better, right, in each year. And he inherited a rough situation where they were lucky to win one game his first year. Then there was an improvement last year, and you're hoping he can take a step forward this year. And we'll see as this plays out. But uh, this is a game that they should be able, even though it's on the road, be able to go into Stanford and win and try to build some confidence and momentum going forward. Who you got on Saturday? You got a game I'm on Saturday? baseball duty this weekend, actually. Oh, so right. I am, okay. I am right in the guts of pennant race baseball. Uh, yeah. I did the Astros and Orioles Tuesday night. I'm headed to Texas Ooh. tonight. I've got the Rangers and Mariners Friday, Saturday. Then Sunday night baseball, i got the Giants and Dodgers in L.A. Oh, that's not bad at all there. Why can't so, the Astros yeah. win home games? <laughs> it's, it's so weird, right, because they're so good on the road. But they, for whatever reason, I mean, they just lost 2-3 or three to Baltimore. And their lead is a half a game in the division. And for the defending World Series chance, it's funny, I was talking to Dusty Baker about this, Bob, and he just wishes there's more of a sense of urgency in his clubhouse. Like he yeah. feels it. He knows, okay, he's looking back, and the Mariners and the, and the Rangers are right on his heels. But the guys in the clubhouse aren't panicking. It's probably because they've been through this before. They've been to the ALCS six straight years. But they're going to have to win some playoff games at home, and they're going to have to figure that out. Even though they've got the second-best road record in baseball, you got to find a way to win home games, and that's what, for some reason, they just haven't been able to do that this year in Houston. All right, excellent teaser there, Roxy, because I'm going to cover some baseball in the next two segments. So excellent job there. Even You're so good, you didn't even know you were you were that good at the time. So, all right, good stuff as always. I'm sure we'll be talking. Thanks. You got it, Bob, anytime. Roxy Bernstein, Pac-12 Network and ESPN on baseball duty this weekend, and hopefully uh, you're not at a football game this weekend, but he gets a chance to watch one of the – six uh, top 25 matchups on Saturday, and it would be seven if Clemson were actually ranked in the AP poll, which they're not this week. Uh, They certainly will be if they win at home against Florida State. They'll be in the top 25 next week for sure in every poll. All right, next segment, phone call time, 602-260-1060, and also today's local roundup. That'll be topped by the Diamondbacks finishing out the five-game homestand sweep of the Cubs and the Giants, the most important homestand of the season. They went 5-0. and zero. Phone call time if you want to get in. 602-260-1060. Feel free to interrupt at any point, whether it be college football, Pac-12, or anything else sports-related within reason on your mind. You know what's kind of you know, out of the bounds and what's in bounds and so forth. You're listening to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD2 100.7. Time for today's local roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD2 100.7. 
In addition to the local roundup, it is phone call time at the KDUS hotline 602. 260-1060, topping today's local roundup. The Diamondbacks took a uh, care of business in their uh, most important homestand of the season. They won all five games against the uh, wild card contenders and outscored the Cubs and the Giants by a combined 34-17. to I think that's almost 2-1, to one. just kind of messing with you. I'm the son of an accountant, so I know that 34-17 uh, would be 2-1. to one. I think that's right. Yeah. All right. Meanwhile, the Diamondbacks, after Lamont Wayne Jr. hit a leadoff homer last night, and Merrill Kelly, they dominated the rest of the seven to one. Uh, that, except that was an afternoon game. Seemed like it was last night. Uh, the afternoon game, they did one seven to one last night. The Diamondbacks yesterday out hit the uh, Giants fourteen to three, and uh, the uh, season-long Corbin Carroll show continued on Thursday. He hit his twenty-fifth home run and stole his fiftieth base of the season. Carroll's the third Diamondback to steal 50 bases, joining Tony Womack and Eric Burns. I wouldn't have got the Eric Burns part of that. I would have gotten Tony Womack in the trivia question that I didn't ask. Uh, Womack uh, stole 72 bases in 1999. Burns had 50 in 2007. Merrill Kelly, six and two-thirds innings. Didn't allow a run after that leadoff homer to Wade. Uh, His final line was one run on three hits, two walks, and also five strikeouts. He's the uh, back to uh, you know, Carroll for a second. He's the second second player in MLB history uh, with 25 and 50 stolen bases in a season when he's age 22 or younger. Uh, joining Cesar Cedeno, that guy was a fantasy you know phenomenon back in the day. Cedeno, uh, 25 homers and 90 uh, excuse me 70 76 76 stolen bases. I think it was fewer than that actually. For some reason, I have 76 here. In 1973, I think it was like 50-something. On the other side, the Giants look like a dead team. They've lost five of their last six. They're now down to 500 at 76 and 76 in the season. And they're three and a half games behind the final playoff spot. There's 10 games left, basically, in the regular season. Uh, Logan Webb, excellent again. The Giants' ace. Uh, Well, he's certainly good. Uh, Gave up three runs on nine hits, two walks over six innings. But no run support. He's had the worst run support of any pitcher in Major League Baseball after yesterday. He now fell to 10 and 13 in the season. He's thrown 207 innings this season. Logan Webb has. That is number one in Major League Baseball. And I talked last uh, three days now about the uh, Giants' uh, season-long injury woes. On Wednesday, Brandon Crawford with the right hamstring tightness. He had to leave the game in the third inning. Uh, before the game, the Giants placed pitchers Alex Cobb and Keaton Wynn on the 15-day injured list. Cobb left that game on Tuesday with a hip injury that he's had really apparently since June. And uh, to fill the roster spots, Kyle Harrison, their top uh, minor league prospect, was amongst those recalled from AAA Sacramento. So up next, the Diamondbacks have a day off today. Uh, they flew to, Los, uh, to uh, New York after last night's game. There you go. Yesterday after, I keep saying last night. Yesterday afternoon's game. Uh, they will play in New York for the second time in less than two weeks. This time it's a three-game series against the Yankees at Yankee Stadium. That starts tomorrow night. All right, on to the phone lines we go. Matt in Phoenix. What's going on, Matt? Bob, how are you? I'm good. Good. Carroll's a lock for the NL MVP, right? Uh, NL the, uh, Rookie of the Year, sorry. C- correct. Yes. Okay. I would think he's like MVP. I wouldn't be surprised if he was top five. Yeah, he should get some votes, I think. 
I mean, there, there's like you know, three, there's some really good candidates. There, there's yeah. a lot of guys that would win the MVP this year if it weren't for Acuna. Absolutely. Um, you know, Absolutely. Yeah, you know, Betts and Freeman, and yeah. you can make a case for Olsen too, I would think. Totally in some agree. years, you could make a case for Olsen. So it's a good year for MVP candidates, but uh, there's only one guy that's gonna, really going to win at this point, so he's the man. I'll stick with baseball. Um, if you had to pick one team to come out of the American League right now today, who would you pick? Whew, that's a really good question. Um, who would you I pick? Have no idea. <laughs> I have okay. no idea. I have no idea. I don't need. I I don't either. Um, I guess I if I had to take one, one team. Yeah. Just go one. ahead. I'll go Seattle. Okay. I'm not. Even, they got to make. It, they got to get in. But right. I think that they've right. been. Actually, think I don't know if it's record wise they've been the best team since say July the first or since the All Star break, but. You know, their pitching has been really good most of the season. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, including the bullpen, and they didn't really seem to lose too much with Seawall coming here yep. at the trade deadline. Yep. Uh, so, and their offense is what's actually really picked up in the second half of the season. So, as long as they can continue to score at least a decent amount of runs, I think that they would be the team. If I were an American League team, not named Seattle, I would prefer not to play them. Okay. I know they haven't won a game since Johan Santana was a starter there. Um, <laughs> but but can the Twins do any damage? I can't buy it. I mean, they just strike out too much, including like yeah. yesterday. Was that yesterday when they struck out a number 100 more times? Yeah, I was against yeah, Hunter, uh, Green. Hunter Green. Yep. Yeah. Um, they just they don't put the ball in play enough. Okay. I do actually. They 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 play good defense. They have really good pitching, but you know, yes, their pitching has been. But their pitching's been erratic. I mean, some of these guys, you know, the Sunny Grays of the world are sometimes spectacular and sometimes they're you know out in three or four innings. So yeah, I agree. I don't. I, and I I can't imagine. I don't really think that this is usually much of a deal to me. But they're just their horrendous history in the postseason, and yeah. you know, some of these guys were, you know, almost not even born when all that was going on. But well, you know, they're going to hear. But that's true. They're going to be hearing. They're they're going to be hearing about all the postseason history, though. I don't know. I think that does maybe get into your brain that's a little fair. bit. Um, looks like the Utah line moved to six. I've got to assume that means somebody thinks Cam Rising is a go. Um, a, do you be um, his running ability really makes him a dynamic option back there, and I don't know if they're going to press that issue, considering it's his first action in a long time. Um, do and you know, kind of in relation to that, is UCLA any good on defense? I have no idea. I mean, this was a game I was all over UCLA in this game last year, okay. uh, but and, and luckily that was a winner. Uh, but I have no, no, I have no idea between Dante Moore, who looks like he's going to be a big time quarterback. I don't think he's ready to be a big time quarterback on Saturday at yeah, Utah. Environment. Uh, and you remember you mentioned the rising thing, and uh, you know the the guy that actually has been their quarterback, really the, their best quarterback for the first three games without him, was fourth yep. on the depth chart in spring practice. Yes, uh, when fall practice started, so good for him that he's been able to rise up the board a little bit, but he's strictly a runner. He's not a passer at all. Yeah. Um, is Dan Lanning going to have any issue running up the score this weekend? 
Uh, if they get a chance, um, you know, Colorado's. You know, I think the question is, how many points does Colorado score in that game? Uh, well, I think Oregon can put up in the fifties very easily. Um, I think it's Colorado. Yeah, if they want, yeah, atrocious. Yeah, um, you get Bo Nix at home, which is much different than road Bo Nix. Um, I don't buy this home and this home and road Bo Nix thing. Uh, you know, was much more prevalent when he was Auburn. in the SEC. Yep. Yeah, he had plenty of good road games last year, and I keep yep. hearing this, and I'm a little confused as to why. That's fair. And then lastly, are we buying super low on Alabama? Um, I'm not impressed with Ole Miss at all. Um, Could have easily lost to Tulane had they had their starting quarterback. And uh, I know Sark just got him, but, but Saban's been historically great against his former assistant. Yeah, I, I'm not. If if we had a poll, we had a question yesterday, you know, plus seven or minus seven, and I would take the plus. But uh, I would actually, my preference would be that these these two teams be playing other teams, and I could go against both of them That's this fair. week. Absolutely. Yeah, so I'll watch, and we I'm mean, certainly intrigued. And there's always the Lane Kiffin Nick Saban dynamic, but uh, I have no idea what's going. I would be surprised. You know, I was going to say no score would surprise me, but that's not true. Um, but I'm curious to see what happens here. And uh, well, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Old Miss won the game. Old Miss hosts LSU next week, so there's your opportunity to bet against them. Yeah, even though you know, LSU, they, they lost their starting safety for a, you know pretty much the season yesterday was announced. So and he's a really good player. I'll have more on that in the next segment if I have time. Okay. But um, that's that's not a good thing there. This uh, I, I probably said this last year at this time, but there's a whole lot of injuries in college football that I don't yep. remember in September's before. That's totally <laughs> so. fair. Appreciate it as always, Bob. Take care. All right, thank you. Got all our quick things here around the uh, the uh, you know local roundup front here. The Cardinals remain twelve and a half point favorites. Excuse me, underdogs, obviously, on Sunday against the Cowboys. I'm a little confused why Jonathan Gannon and Drew Petzing were both asked this week by the media about Michael Wilson's decrease in snaps in week two. Well, the Cardinals, this is a simple explanation. They had many three tight end sets, and that meant one less wide receiver on the field, and Wilson was the guy not on the field. Uh, The U of A, a 21.5 point favorite on Saturday at Stanford. This game opened at eight. uh, They're up to 12.5 in that game. Uh, the U of A, uh, you know, see if they can, you know, Stanford's bad, so the U of A has certainly proven the last two years they can beat the bad teams. ASU, a 34-and-a-half-point home underdog on Saturday night against USC. This line opened uh, on Sunday at Circa in Las Vegas at 31. Actually got as high as 34 earlier, uh, 35, excuse me, earlier this week. A couple of things from the uh, NL wild card. The Cubs' hot streak ended at 1-1. Uh, they got blown out last night. My man Justin Steele is not going to win the Cy Young Award. I've been you know, pumping him for three, four weeks now. He's been bad in his last two starts, including last night. And uh, the Reds suffered another damaging loss. They got blown up in the ninth inning. Hunter Green did have the 14 strikeouts that we just talked about a little bit with Matt. Uh, but the uh, Reds lose yesterday at home to Minnesota. As uh, you know, Diaz blew a, a rare save for him in the ninth inning last night. They lose that. The Marlins lost to the Mets last night. So good day all the way around for the Diamondbacks. Took up on their prime competitors in the wild card race. Both got beat. 
and they beat the Giants, and the Diamondbacks, of course, won again. All right, coming up next in the next segment, after the news update from Corey, coming up next in the next segment. A little redundant there, Bob. Uh, But Corey will have the news update, redundant again, uh, followed by the conclusion of today's spectacular radio program uh, until like the last 30 seconds when I went to the Redundancy Festival. Uh, that you know, it's like a rock and roll thing, the redundancy fa- uh, festival. We should get like a band, uh, anyway. National roundup coming up in the next segment. That'll include more from uh, a little more from the MLB scoreboard time pending. You're listening to Sports with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Cast Lux HD 2 100.7. It's time for today's National Roundup. All right, welcome back. Final segment today's Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD 2 100.7. I'm going to get through as much stuff as I can here. Let's hit some MLB scoreboard things from last night and yesterday afternoon. The Astros won a home game. We talked about their lack of home winning with Roxy in the Pac-12 segment earlier in the hour. Uh, so go back and podcast that. You get a little baseball bonus at the end of that. Uh, they win yesterday. The uh, Astros beat the Orioles 2-1. to one. They avoided a sweep at home to the Orioles. They stayed a half game ahead of Texas for first place in the AO West. However, uh, some injury issues for the Astros. Again, Michael Brantley has basically been out for most of the last couple of seasons. Missed a third straight game with right shoulder soreness for the Astros. Meanwhile, the Rangers routed the Red Sox. Marcus Simeon uh, drove in three runs and scored the uh, American League leading 115th run of the season. And Garver and uh, Heim hit back-to-back home runs, the two catchers slash DH yesterday, uh, as the Rangers defeated the Red Sox 15-5 yesterday. Uh, The Rangers... uh, uh, continuing their the recent uh, you know, success because they're playing the Red Sox, who have now lost five straight series in 12 of their last 15 games. Meanwhile, uh, the uh, Mariners continued their season-long dominance of the lowly athletics. They're now 12-1. They probably wish they had more games against the A's, but yesterday was the last Mariners-A's game of the season. Uh, former Diamondback Dominic Canzone, who was traded at the deadline, uh, homeward and drove in four runs yesterday for Seattle. They win 6-3 to three at Oakland. Uh, the Mariners, after today's off day, begin a three-game series at Texas on Friday. And we talked about this a couple times this week. The Mariners and Rangers play seven of the final ten games of the regular season against each other. Meanwhile, some rip from the headlines from the wire in uh, stuff here. Interesting, and it's actually a bad day at Hallis Hall yesterday. Started with Justin Fields questioning the coaching staff, something after practice that he tried to take back. Also, after practice, defensive coordinator Alan Williams resigned, effective immediately to focus on his health, according to Williams. However, ESPN reported that uh, Williams' attorney denied a report the uh, police activity at the Bears team facility, so apparently involving Williams. His attorney said that that was inaccurate. Meanwhile, the Rams did train Cam Akers this time. Remember last year, right about this time, he wanted out, and he was looked like he was not going to play for the Rams anymore. They uh, you know, patched things up, and he did, and was actually pretty good for the Rams at the end of the year. But he's not playing, and he was even inactive last week. He was traded yesterday to the Vikings. Not real sure how that affects the Alexander Madison situation. 
Uh, I don't think it really matters who the running back for the Vikings is right now. They need some healthy offensive linemen. Meanwhile, the Seahawks, uh, speaking of injuries, are going to be without Reek Woolen, uh, their Pro Bowl cornerback. He's going to miss the uh, game this upcoming week, at least one game for the Seahawks against the Panthers, uh, according to Pete Carroll. And you never exactly know if we're 100% sure that Pete Carroll's telling the truth about injuries. Uh, Woolen uh, suffered a chest injury in early part of the second quarter of the win over the Lions last week. Chandler Jones, former Cardinal, now with the uh, Raiders. They're yeah, now with the Raiders, placed on the non-football injury list, according to the league's official transactions wire. Uh, continues to work through what has been called as a personal matter. That personal matter included him going to uh, the social media and trashing the Raiders organization recently. LSU starting safety Greg Brooks diagnosed last week with a brain tumor, had surgery on Friday to remain the tumor. Uh, tumor. As I mentioned, he's a starting safety for LSU and a good player. And Iowa's lost tight end Luke Lachey, likely for the rest of the season, suffered a right ankle injury in the win over Western Michigan last weekend. All right, stay tuned. Next two hours will be the Extra Point hosted by Kayla. That include more phone call time, 602-260-1060 cover plenty of football i'm sure we'll get in a little more on the diamondbacks among other things this has been the sports zone with bob kemp thanks for listening